This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Welcome back to the Compendium. We are talking this week about warlocks. Um, I kind of hoped this day would never come because I don't like warlocks. I'm very confused by them. I always have been, Jason. We have had so many conversations about the warlock class, and I still don't totally get it. Um, So it's a good thing we're having this discussion because chances are good if I feel this way. Lots of people are probably equally as confused about this class in (laughs) D&D. Yeah, and it is probably the most different class of all of them in that it breaks um, a lot of the standard conventions, at least in two or three places. So it's a little wild. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way to think about it, and this is what I told you at the very beginning years ago. And you put it on a shirt, like you put I it did. on a t-shirt, literally. I did. So. I, warlocks, were <laughs> eldridge, warlocks were eldridge sugar babies. That's it. Like they don't have a deity per se. They have a magical sugar daddy. And I'm sorry if that's a little offensive or something, but that's just what it is. They don't have a mm, codified relationship with their higher power. They have something more like a, uh, a fling with them for a specific goal and purpose. And so as a result, the class is just kind of fuck wild. So let's just talk a little bit about like the origins of yeah. the warlock um, and try to start this conversation by kind of establishing a good foundation of, of why they started, where they started, um, kind of where some of that magic maybe seeps in from, just so that when we're, we're thinking about building a warlock character, that we can have a really good starting point. Yeah. So the real world inspiration for the warlock class in D&D 5th edition is Faust. Um, if you've ever heard of a Faustian bargain or know that character from DC Comics, that's where it comes from. It's this idea of making a deal with the devil in exchange for something. Classically for knowledge and worldly delights coming from uh, the Faust books that popped up in Germany in the 1580s, based on a real guy, apparently, uh, though uh, been, you know, dramatized uh, for the public. But yeah, so he, he basically meets the devil at a crossroads and makes a deal with him, getting unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasures. Um, so that's the origin of it. But in D&D, it's not just a deal with the devil. It is basically a deal with any kind of less than godly power out there that could be really anything like fey and hags and even some more weird and wild things from the far realms which is what D calls outer space it could be with a dragon it could be with just anything that's all that's almost god or deity tier uh in the worlds of D. So what's that, what's that line between like God or deity tier almost, right? Because it's not necessarily the ability to use magic because wizards and uh, sorcerers, all these people can use magic. Um, so like you couldn't choose another member of your party 
to no. be your patron. They, they uh, have to have sufficient power in order to lend some of it to you, letting you have a, a fraction of that power. If, if uh, someone is into My Hero Academia, All Might might be a good example where he's uber powerful and is uh, giving a letting a, a fraction of his power be borrowed by one of the students. Um, uh, you know, any kind of celestial could do it as well. Um, but I think a celestial like a unicorn probably isn't powerful enough, but a angel um, or a deva or something could probably do it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, they have to almost be BBEG, big bad evil guy, tier okay. bad guy, tier entity in order to do this, though not all patrons they're called are evil. So when you're talking about, you know, obviously the, the stereotype is meeting at a crossroads. Um, that, that could happen, right? But yes. like, I feel like there's got to be other backstory options. Is it, is it something where like, you know, I'm, again, like I'm thinking like tieflings, right? Where maybe your parents made a deal Mm-hmm. to get you or something like that. Right. And Absolutely. so now you are like you, the firstborn child was the cost. I don't know. Like how, how does that pact? How does that meeting, what are some ways you've seen that manifest in the past? Other than literally you're walking down a road and you come to a crossroads and there is a fiend <laughs> yes. sitting on a suitcase in the middle of it saying like, Hey, you want, you want to buy a watch? Like yeah. what is, how does that happen? It turns out it was just three small fiends in a trench coat. Um, yeah, so basically, typically the patron is going to reach out due to some kind of circumstance. Maybe you're having that foxhole moment where you're going to die or you did die and you reach out just to anything out in the cosmos to avoid your fate and this patron responds. Perhaps you find a um, an item uh, like a sword or a lamp or something that is connected deeply with the patron. And because of your possession of it, they reach out and offer power. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe you, you are fixated on revenge for the barbarian hordes that destroyed your small village. And they, this patron sees a weakness, sees a opportunity and reaches out. Um, maybe you find the altar of a forgotten, uh, God like Cthulhu. And now you're like the only person on the planet worshiping this sleeping, uh, deity. And so a portion of their subconscious reaches out. That's kind of typically how it goes. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I was thinking like, as, as a character, you would go seeking to form this pack, but that's complete opposite, right? It's more of like the accidental class in in the world where it's just this like momentary like oh you weren't expecting this but now you can make a choice Mm -hmm. right now in the heat of battle or in this moment um right that's how it differs from from clerics where there's a a system systemification a a a there's a there's steps and procedures and and uh theology and dogma and rituals that go with it where the God has kind of set up the the funnel as it were, and they don't have to think about it. And as long as you're, you're, you know, doing the rites and you're worshiping the the way that they, they ask you to, and you uphold the certain virtues and values, then this automatic transaction happens of conferring, you know, uh, cleric ability and, and divine magic. 
whereas with a warlock, it's not codified. It's not a system. Every, every single time is different and every bargain has different parameters. So, right. Yeah. Actually. So I just thought of a, at the time of this recording, at least, you know, in a couple of years, it won't be, but a very timely example of a warlock um, patron um, kind of combination, which is the Moon Knight. We just finished yes. watching the series. And that actually, I think, would be a really good way to illustrate that, like, someone shows up, it's just circumstantial that they're there and they're like, hey, I can save your life, but you mm-hmm. got to do something for me in return. And a lot of times that give and take is not, um, like, they agree to it, right? That character agrees to it, but it turns out to be almost potentially this living hell of sorts. Or it could be a very like, you know, like, hey, I get something, you get something, I'm okay with this. You know, we can split our ways at any time, kind of like also happens in that show. I'm not going to try to spoil anything, but that I think is a perfect modern day relevant example of how that relationship could work and illustrates what you were just describing of the patron initiates it. Yeah, because the circumstances are perfect. Yes, exactly. Khonshu and and uh, and Mark Spector in the the Disney you know miniseries for uh, uh, for Moon Knight. That's perfect. That's a great example. Right. In fact, um, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just hit me. I was like, oh, there. That connects some dots for me. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that gives a lot of versatility to your character's background too, because, you know, if you're, if you're playing a cleric, like you're using the example of chances are really good that you were raised in the religion, right? You were raised in the church or, you know, something like that. Like maybe like you worked in there, you very rarely left. And so that, that could potentially pigeonhole your backstory. Whereas with this, you could have been doing anything at any time and then suddenly bam, you're a warlock. Right. So it, it right. kind of broadens the scope of how your character can get started. Yeah, it really does. Um, and it, it's, it's probably one of the easiest ones to multi-class into for narrative reasons that like actually makes sense. If you start with something else like a wizard or a sorcerer, especially, or a fighter or, or what have you, uh, because their whole backstory is very narrative driven and it it just really dovetails into something like multi-classing really well. Right. And we'll get into another reason why soon, but you don't have to wait as long to reap the benefits of the warlock class, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but that's another reason I think that this would be a great candidate if you wanted to do it as a second class. So you start with something different and then you multi-class into this at like level four, for example, potentially, um, you would be able to get those benefits a little bit quicker. Whereas a lot of things you have to wait till that third level warlock's a little different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, one of the many ways that the warlock just breaks the mold. Right. So how, like, is there a specific way that that pact is sealed? Is, is it usually just like a verbal agreement? Is there any kind of spectacular um, the process that has to go into that? Is it really just up to the imagination of the player and the DM? Is there anything people need to know about that, like, process of accepting a pack with a deity? Um, in a way, um, everyone, like I said, each deal and each bargain is is different and unique. And typically these beings will not have more than one warlock at a time. Um, so in a way, like an avatar, but on a lower tier. But there is actually something in the mechanics of the game 
called a pact boon, which typically is a physical representation of that agreement. Um, and perhaps even in some cases, a conduit to communicate with that patron. And so sometimes it's just a benefit that's given. And sometimes it is a, like I said, it's kind of, it, it, it is the contract itself. As long as you wield this sword, you will be my warlock and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, but uh, it can be flavored a million different ways just between the character and, that, and, and the DM. If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the Critical Dice and their Endless Bag of Dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as 7 bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code COMPENDIUM, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.